Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We clawed, we chained our hearts in fame. We jumped, never asking why. Welcome to the Sci Fi Sci Podcast under the Believe podcast network it is indeed a podcast it's a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page as a family today for episode 107 we will be discussing the comic Philadelphia, created by rodney barnes we'll also be talking about vampirism coming in second and bad parenting. But before we get started with the show, we want to just quickly shout out all of those patrons out there, the country club. We've started our yoga classes on Sundays at 10 a.m. Nope. Sundays at 9 a.m. PT. Uh, thank you to those who attended. And also special thanks to Elaine, Rosie Moan, Meg McGuire, Tanya Albins, Nola, Ashley, Miss Jules, and Carice shouting out motherfuckers every single week. Remember, if you would like to join the Patreon, you can find the link to the Patreon in the episode notes. You can give $1, $2, or $5 a month to support the Wallen family. Now, Ben, let's check in. Tonight we are sipping on some lovely ginger beer. So if you are sipping on something with us at home, clink your glasses with us. Cheers, baby. I think most people most people listen to podcasts doing stuff or like driving. They're not going to be sipping. Yeah, they can drive while they sip on ginger beer. That's totally fine. Okay. Anyway, um, you have a question here for me on the show notes. Would you like to ask it to me or what should I just, uh, should I ask it to you? Uh, I will ask you the question I wrote for okay, you. Okay, excellent. I, I was, that I was makes waiting the for most you. sense. You know, some of us are really well rehearsed in our hosting skills and some of us are married to people who are really great at hosting skills. So go ahead, Ben. Amber, you are hosting your first concert. How does that feel? It feels incredible. My agents are working their asses off for that commission. So we'd love to see it because that has not always been the case with previous agents of mine. Okay, uh, you let's know who keep you are. it a positive. But, keep yes. Keep it positive. Well, so technically, you, you I... Are, oh. Go. Technically, I will be actually hosting a pre-show yes, to the concert, but listen, the talent will be in the building and I will likely get to meet the talent. So for that, we are very, very grateful. Awesome. I am very excited. This is going to go down on Thursday. And so next week I will have a report for y'all if I got to actually meet the talent or not. I guess you're only coming in second to two chains. He's... Two Chains is doing the actual hosting. Yes. He got two, beat out by Two Chains. Two Chains faux bracelets uh, is hosting the actual show. But me and another dope DJ, her name is Hannah Rad. She will be hosting the pre-show with me. We actually haven't met, so I'm really excited. You know, I can I can talk to anybody. I can hang out with anybody. But I have not met her yet. Only, I've only met her on the Zoom calls leading up to the show. So I'm very excited to host with her, get some new energy going. She's way more experience in hosting to me so oh, you're hearing right here on the show that I'm a little bit nervous and intimidated going in but you, y'all know me when, when the lights come on I'm going to just just light up the room it's gonna be great you know I once dated someone whose best friend was obsessed with two chains and that's how I heard about two chains like she thought he was the hottest man alive and she wanted to have all like she's like I would have his babies two chains really yeah that's how I heard of him I was like oh is he like a model she's like no he's a rapper and I listened to his music I was like oh okay yeah I mean he's not known for the looks he's he's not ugly I wouldn't say but I but he's not somebody I would think of and be like that is the finest man ever but 
I mean, he's a very talented performer. He really got me through those college years. But oh, he's yeah. also not performing. He's actually been doing a lot of like podcasting and hosting things lately. So he hasn't been really doing a lot of music, to my knowledge. But who is performing this week is Hooven. Lil Baby. Lil Baby, y'all. So I might actually get to meet Lil Baby. If you're not Probably familiar. Probably Why are you? <laughs> why? Are you telling a black woman that she won't achieve her dreams this week? God, that's what you did. That is what you did and how you did it. I hope I get to meet Lil Baby because obviously I have been really nerding out on all of the things that he creates and a part of. And, you know, his from his music to his um, new documentary that just came out on Amazon. If you have not seen Untrapped, the story of Lil Baby on Amazon, please go check it out. It is really, really good. And it really made me appreciate him more as an artist. So I'm going to be doing this every week for these artists. So if I get to meet Lil Baby, I will check in with y'all, let y'all know how it went. Awesome. Ben, how does it feel to not be hosting at all? You know, uh, as long as I can come as your plus one, I'm okay with you outshining me in the same way that you're okay with two chains outshining you. Yes, yes. You are always my plus one. Um, Anyway. We got got my favorite podcast review. So if you all uh, want to support us in any way, you can listen to our podcast, number one, which is what you're doing, and then also leave a podcast review. And you don't have to make it complex. For example, Fuji underscore... Uh, left this review. It's exclamation mark, exclamation mark, leaving a review, exclamation mark. And that was a five-star review. So thank you, Fuji, for that wonderful review. I would guess that it's Fuji. Fuji? Yeah, like Fuji? the Fugees. Fugees. Like Lauren oh, yeah. Hill Lauren and, Hill. and Gang. Fuji. Who actually, oddly enough, they were supposed to go back on tour, but you know... You know, Lauren Hill, <laughs> it might happen, it might not. If the chakras aren't aligned, she's not going up there. But thank you, Fuji. Every review helps. Every review helps. The good, the bad, the happy, the sad. I just want y'all to know that. Uh, yep. So we we read a book. <laughs> you don't like my song there? You're like, uh, so we, we read a read book, a book. We that read a book. was better than the song Amber just improvised. Actually, your improvised game is not terrible. That but- wasn't improvised. That's a song. Ah. So in love with you. Oh. I want to say that's Al Green, but sorry, black people. I'm not, I'm not even going to look it up. Just I, I'm going to go with Al Green, final answer. Somebody will correct me um, this week later in the streets. Remember when you said Precious was directed? By Tyler Perry? Oh, yeah, y'all <laughs> ate my ass up. Like, uh, wow. Lee Daniels, Lee Daniels. They were like, diet Tyler Perry, Amber. Diet Tyler Perry, which is kind of more of a drag on Lee, Lee than it is me. But we, but we love to see it. Uh, yes, I, I apologize. Uh, we here here that is my retraction for that episode. So we read a book called Philadelphia, and it is quite an, a beautiful book, and it is about vampires and who are running the streets of Philadelphia, and they're led by John Adams and his wife Abby, aka Abigail. Uh, who, yes. for those who don't know, John Adams is the second president of the United States. And basically, a cop and his father, who has been turned into a vampire, have to stop John Adams from taking over the world, essentially. And Jordan Peele loves this book. Tanana Reeve, do. And Stephen Barnes loves this book. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, who did Why the Last Man and Saga, loves this book. I mean, it was incredible. It's very wonderful. But I wanted to start with, have you um, had any experience with real vampires, like met anybody? I I know we've talked about vampires before, but have you ever encountered like an uh, 
a higher vampire. Sometimes they call them a because there's different kinds of vampires. Higher vampires are the intelligent ones. So, uh, I was not familiar that there were different types. So if you don't identify as a higher vampire, you're just a dumb vampire. Yeah. So yeah. So there are vampires who are just blood sucking monsters who don't really talk. They can't really assimilate into human culture and so they just go out at night and consume people so for and those then there's like sophisticated then they're sophisticated vampires. they're yes. sexy vampires they, they will fuck the shit out of you or let them fuck the shit Ooh. out of you oh. or if, you know there's just the, the sexy bougie ones do that yeah oh okay yeah so oh somebody's driving through like the a vampire Right. It's a vampire just hit the block. <laughs> he just got offended that he wasn't classified as a higher vampire. Anyway, so when I was in high school, and let me know if this was you as well, I was really into the show on MTV called True Life. I'm not sure if you remember, but it was like a documentary series. It was oh, really yeah. good. And so one of the episodes was True Life, I'm a Vampire. And it was really people that, so, so it, it, it profiled. All of Amber's early cognitive dissonance was a result of True Life MTV, which is hilarious. Some people yes. read science fiction or go to school. Amber watches True Life, what which is totally show, legitimate. What other show was showing like different examples of people's lives? Because I was just going every day I to just, my little vapid high school. And so, so True Life gave vapid. me an opportunity to be like, oh, there are different kinds of people in the world. Some of those people think they're vampires. And so they, it showed me not only that... So True Life typically profiles about three individuals on their different paths. So I think the show in this specific episode covered two people living their lives as vampires and like legit going to... Like one of the girls was a nurse. So she would show like... I steal a little bit of this blood every day just to take home oh, or whatever. Wow. And then another group, or I, I just remember her like taking blood from somebody else and, and then, you know, taking the camera crew in the room being like, it's so hard when I'm pulling people's blood not to just attack, you know? And then what it really showed me was one of the more prominent vampire groups, which was the Vampire Court of Austin. I think like, they're, oh. like you know how they're like full vampire courts. Yeah. So no. this was I learned just about like that in whole... Twilight, which is a great. I enjoy Twilight. Well, see, this was pre Twilight. This was yeah. pre uh, Bella and Edward and versus Jacob. Yeah. So I watched a group of people in Austin, Texas, and it was a court of like white people, black people. Like it, it honestly looks like an orgy. Like everybody was in corsets. Everybody yeah. had contacts in. Everybody had like these people fully live their life as a vampires and like got the surgery to file their yep. teeth down to look that way. I've so, seen people like that, that body modification. Right. It's actually so, super cool. And I like it, how it's a total fuck you to, you know, what our DNA tells us to do. That's so freaking human of us. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. But that was my first introduction to vampires. What about you? Oh, I mean, probably reading Dracula, which by the way, if you, anybody who's read Dracula, well, that's my first introduction to real life vampires. What about your real life vampires? Oh, I mean, I think I might've mentioned this before, but I had a friend who met a vampire and okay, Cupid and they, the date was going really well. And then sort of in the middle of the date, this friend was telling us that the person was like, just before we go forward, I, I do identify as a vampire. And, and I, if we were to do anything sexual, like I would like to drink a little bit of your blood. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have I not Ima told okay. you this story? You have not. <laughs> Imagine 
an okay Cupid date going well. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is a friend. Let's role play it from the Julian right now. Okay. So yeah. So who are you? So it's like, oh, I'll get your drinks. I'm the vampire, obviously. Yeah, okay. Okay. It's like this has really been going great. Like, yeah, I would love it's good. to. I like your black plant parent shirt. And it's okay. Hot. I, well. Well, the date was going well until you spoke over me. I would really oh, uh, thank you. I love my shirt as well. So I'm, I'm enjoying this date. Well, and actually, I want to I want to oh. say that the reason I actually spoke over you is that I identify as a higher vampire. I, I don't know. Are you familiar with the certain levels of vampires? You said va- uh, vampire. You drive a van. Is that no, no, what you I'm said? a vampire. A higher vampire. A higher yeah, vampire. Basically, I've been a vampire for about 300 years now, and. Um, I know I, I wasn't always in the U S oh, you mean like at Fright Fist? No, like an actual vampire. Like if I was in the U S like I would have definitely tried to done more to stop slavery, obviously 300 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I am kind of concerned if you've been alive 300 years yeah. and you didn't do much. I didn't do here. right. But I'm actually more from Europe. You can't really hear And there was accent. no slavery there. Right. Or like anyway if we were to move forward with this i would like to drink a little bit of your blood like i will just basically it'll be a pinch like a miss i'll be like a mosquito bite you would like to drink some of my blood your blood just a little bit like a bloody mary i'm not following no i will like to penetrate your skin oh and other parts of your body as as i'm penetrating your skin and I'll do it with my teeth just a little bit and just lick up a little bit of your blood. It's like I, a hickey, but th- it, the blood comes out through the skin. I I am I am loving this conversation. Yeah. Can I please, um, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick awesome. and then you awesome. stay here. You're, you're not, le- you you're not leaving. You, I am definitely leaving. You stay right here. I'm just going to run and powder my nose and I'll be out of here. Oh, and then I'm, and then you leave. Okay, that was us role playing. Call the fucking cops. Call the, well, I mean, I'm being respectful. Like, I'm not going to suck your blood, you know, did, without consent. What did your roommate do? Uh, so this is my when that was this is my roommate's friend who we had over for dinner. So it probably didn't happen great. No, no, uh, no. It did happen. Uh, this this person said that they just got up from the date and left, similar to what you did. So just mid sentence. Uh, I'm pretty sure that this person who got up and left said, you know, like I'm not comfortable with that because yeah, I, I lived in a very like conscientious, like queer kind of community and radical consent, which is for those who don't know, radical consent is this idea that, you know, even like touching someone on the shoulder, it, even if you're literally, you know, that is your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner, you would ask them before you could touch them or, yeah. Any, so that's the so term. So this person radical actually consent. did ask if they can suck their blood. Well, but. they they said they didn't ask that person per se. They said if we were something along yeah, the lines yeah. like if we were to well, move they forward, they gave them a heads up at yeah. least. So they're very considerate. I yeah. said this vampire was more considerate but than most human beings. Probably no. I think for a lot of people who do like sexual kinks, consent is so critical. There's this whole idea that like kinky people are more. Um, sexually like unconsensual yeah, which is slutty. complete yeah no well maybe they're slutty but in a good way where there or are just like people who do like dirty and straight, aggressive yeah, and violent. brutish yeah, and violent, violent yeah, aggressive yeah. yes in the sense that we would think 
of violent and aggressive, like an abusive kind of person. That's not the situation and a lot of like um, kink sex. So I was laughing at real vampires, but honestly, you're probably right. They're probably way more um, If consensual. there is someone listening to this show who identifies as a vampire, can you please let us know? Because I would love to just chat and interact and, and, and just ask like, what's a day in the life? Just, you know, as, as somebody who vlogs a lot of my life, I feel pretty boring if somebody listens to the show and they're a vampire. Just just reach out. I, I'd like to know. No judgment. Well, in this case, in this book, Philadelphia, there are different kinds of vampires, and there are the ones that fall under John Adams, who are basically trying to turn the world into vampires and trying to throw over the oppressive system of the United States. And they do a good job of explaining John Adams' motivation, where he says, you know, the poverty line continues to be like lowered and lowered and more people are suffering from poverty. Philadelphia is not being treated carefully. Police are killing unarmed, unarmed black people. And John Adams sort of comes in as this white savior to provide vampirism as a cure for like the sins of the United States and sort of to, to, I guess. um, So a lot of his followers are black. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Right. Yeah. And, and so essentially there is a character basically, I think, uh, I think San Year, San, uh, what's his name? Sanger. Sanger, who is a younger vampire, is like, fuck John Adams. I don't want to throw oh. off one form of oppression. Uh, that, that, I'm sorry, I thought you were asking for the officer's names. Tevin. It's like Tevin Thompson is the young vampire with, uh, with locks in yes. his hair. Okay, so. That Sanger is the, the dad and the son. Oh, okay. So there's a younger vampire who says, you know, no, I don't want to throw off one form of oppression and accept a different kind of oppression, which is so, and that's a big tension of this, um, which you see time and time again, where people are like, yeah, I'm going to vote for this democratic leader and they're going to provide the cure all. And when we were watching untrapped by little baby, remember we were watching that and they had, and there was like a clip from Joe Biden that was, uh, it was a kind to like things Ronald Reagan has said about like, yeah, I, I like. I don't care what circumstances these people have come from. They can't just be roaming the streets and yeah, put them in jail. Crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he basically was advocating for putting more people in jail. Yeah, this was a young, uh, you know, Joe Biden. But nevertheless, he was a Democrat. Still remains a Democrat, and many Democrats still advocate for this. And so, I think this book does a good job of like pointing that out. <laughs> it's like that tweet. If somebody passes on Twitter, it's it's the tweet of like Republicans, you're going to jail. Democrats, I see you, I hear you, you're going to jail. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, I love that, that one. That sum that summarizes yes, it quite yeah, well. Just, I, another thing this book does well is that the main characters who are fighting against John Adams uh, is a cop, a young cop, a black cop, and then his father who turns into a vampire. And yes. I I enjoyed it because they the writer. Um, Rodney Barnes clearly shows that being a black cop puts you at this weird tension where, Absolutely. You, where you're like, okay, I'm black and I'm being forced to police black communities in a very violent kind of way. And mm-hmm. you, I don't really And you probably go in thinking you're going to change that narrative. And it's like, like I, I can't imagine because I've never wanted to be in law enforcement or anything like that, but I could, I would only assume like, especially friends of mine who are black lawyers 
they go into it being like, I know so many black people are incarcerated every single year that I want to now be a lawyer to like stop this unjust system and do whatever. And, and then you talk to them once they've been practicing for a while and they're just like, girl, I'm just trying to get this nigga five years instead of 10. Like this shit is crazy. Like I, I did not realize like how deep and how broken or what well, the system is like functioning exactly how it was created to function. But, it, but, but they go in hopeful. Like we all do. I went in as a hopeful black teacher and I'm like, this shit is r- I got to get out of here now because to save your own sanity. Yes. Yes. And black social workers. So I I can only assume, and maybe I'm just being kind to my people, but I can only assume that black cops sometimes go into the work being like, so many black people are killed by cops. Like I want to be the person like keeping our men alive, our women alive. And then you get in there and you're like, this is a cone of silence and a brotherhood and it's the same old shit. Now I'm just doing what the oppressor does. Also, individual cops are expected to do so much, right? Like the what they're expected to do as a job is pretty much endless. Like this, yeah. there's this whole duties assigned clause, right? You know, cops are supposed to do all this stuff. And it is so anxiety inducing. And I remember watching The Wire. And in The Wire, they showed these cops... Um, it's basically about policing and the war and drugs in Baltimore. And in it, it shows these cops, they have terrible home life. All, you know, they all have divorces. Um, some of them are abusive. And in this, the father like abuses, there's a flashback scene where the father who is a cop abuses uh, his son's mom in a very his, violent, his wife, his wife in a very <laughs> violent way. And and yet I'm not the son at the abuse. I'm laughing at how the, the way the I described it. Yeah. yeah, and the son still decides to be a cop. And I I was thinking about all this when like police shows that really try to explore the complexity of policing in the United States. They almost always show police being abusive, not only towards the people they are told to protect, serve and protect, but also to their families. And so I I looked at some research and there's a fair amount of data and studies that show that police are two to four times more likely to commit um, acts of uh, violent domestic abuse. I I know you'll probably drop the Atlantic article, but could you explain their two to four more likely? What are you you saying there? What I'm saying twice as likely, twice as likely, or four times as likely, depending on what study, right? So if you look Uh, at like police in Seattle or police in Chicago, you're going to get ranges of data because data is selective in which you draw from. But nevertheless, you're more likely. And part of the reason that I, I found this so fascinating is that the, the article that you're mentioning, Amber, um, talks about police officers who hit their wives or girlfriends, but it puts it in contrast to all the talk that was coming around the NFL players who are abusing their wives and girlfriends. And it Mm -hmm. turns out that NFL players are generally compared to the wider public, less likely to abuse their wives and girlfriends for lots of reasons. They have more access to, you know, mental health. They have more access to funding. They're more more, visible. They're more visible, all this stuff. And yet we have cases where individual football players do something really violent to their girlfriend, you know, murder or whatever. And then it blows up where this article was making the case, something that U.S. society and culture should be more concerned about, politicians should be more concerned about, is the amount of police who are abusing 
um, who are committing acts of domestic violence. And that's what the article sort of, you know, stuck out to me. But reading this made me like want to see this. I was like, what is this trend that I'm seeing when I read books about policing or police show up as characters that they are abusive, you know, like. Yeah. And then it's like. In their home lives, I should say. It also makes me wonder how this data is drawn if I, I, I would only assume that people like the victims of this abuse are, I mean, domestic violence in general is very like the psychology of it is very tricky. And there's, there's so many studies that show like what a victim who's a a victim of domestic violence, it takes them like maybe seven times to fully leave instead of coming back and things like that. But I would really imagine that if your abuser was law enforcement, you would be way hesitant to call law enforcement yeah. When you need help, because it's like these are your coworkers, yeah, or, or exactly. just depending on what's your beat or whatever. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm sure it's like like the numbers that you're getting are probably like way higher. I can only assume. Yeah, I don't know. One thing though that I guess that we don't see a lot of is that you have a black father and a black son. Mm-hmm. And they do reconcile at the end of the yes, book. Yes, right? they do. It, 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 it's a spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> yeah, it is a spoiler. We spoil everything. And I, I don't really see that in a whole... I don't see that in a whole lot of like literature where... In, in general, where you have black fathers and black sons. Right? That you don't really see that. I can think of yeah. Fences. Right, where it really decided to explore the relationship between a black father. Yeah, but and a black it wasn't son. really reconciled. It wasn't. There wasn't really reconciliation in the way that they do in, or like not a concrete this. like I'm sorry. Yeah, and in that he there's a moment of humility where Singster Senior Sanger Sanger Sing uh, Sanger, no, it's Sangster. 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 Sangster Senior. My bad. Uh, apologizes to his son and it is heartfelt and you do feel that. And I feel like, I mean, the artwork is just absolutely stunning and the artist, um, Jason Sean Alexander is phenomenal and he brings a lot of intimacy to the panels. Yeah. I think the, the best, so I I will say this about it because I I did thoroughly enjoy the comic book, but sometimes for me it was a little bit difficult to, there were a lot of different relationships and a lot of different scenes happening. It kind of, it kind of read like a soap opera a little bit for me. And there were scenes. And what do you mean by that? What's a soap opera to you? A soap opera is when there are like tons of concurrent stories Mm. and then randomly there'll be like a love connection between these two characters and you're kind of like there was a love connection (laughs) that didn't make a whole lot of sense yeah it felt very p-valley in that way i was like like autumn night and uh i think his name is antoine or something i can't can't remember p-valley fans you'll find me but yeah it's like well we're not invested in this love story like y'all just met yeah, love stories that pop up out of nowhere. I mean, there's nothing that brings people together like hunting vampires, though. I just, you know me. I, I cannot when, I don't know. Amber hates there's, love. I don't hate love. It's just she so wants, unrealistic when I'm in danger to be like, well, let me kiss Ben. I'm going to be like, no, let's get the fuck. Like, And, and I love Ben. <laughs> I, I've been with him many years. But, but if we were under attack, my, <laughs> I, I just don't feel like we have been under attack. And my instinct was not to run into your arms against you. My instinct was like, let's fucking go. Yo, like, yeah. <laughs> so we, we recently watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And there's a scene where someone, they're like hiding oh, now, from th- a spoiler, serial spoiler. killer. 
there, these characters are hiding from a, a, a killer in the house or whatever. And this one character tries to make out with a different character. And she's like, <laughs> the one who initiates it, uh, the one who does not initiate is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like we are correct. Like, correct. like I do not want to make out with you. We are trying someone, someone is killing people in this home. I do not want to make out with you. And I think that was a nice like slasher moment where you're like, yeah, why do people decide to have sex with like blood on their face and stuff? Make the love purposeful. Like I remember watching Titanic, for example, and obviously there's a clear love story between Rose and Jack, but near the end, it's like, okay, their love became the like, I love this woman so much she can sit on this door while I drown or something. Like, make the love make a little bit of sense or like, I love this person so much, so wait, I'm going to bail that him out. Does it make sense? I'm going to... Does Sorry, the love between Jack and Rose, that does not that make sense. That makes sense to me. What this book did a little bit of How does of that make was, sense? They knew each other for like three days. Yeah, but you ain't never had a love connection on a boat. No, at not sea. At, and then I would know. No, I'd throw. Sunset. I would throw that person off. Correct. Into the water. I would throw that person <laughs> off. Sorry. Let me. Don't Suns- don't say correct. Just let me. Sunsets re- whoa, are let me, sexy. Let me, let me let me finish. I would throw that person off into the water after just meeting them for three days. What they had sex like once. They had sex once. Yeah, but she learned in that moment, like, wow, this is the the life I thought I wanted is not the life that I want. And he taught her a lot about like how to be carefree again and all that. Sometimes it takes another man for you to realize, wait, I'm in a relationship with an abuser. I need to get I need to get to this new country and figure out what I'm going to do. And maybe hanging out with this guy isn't so bad. But like he he was more than like a booty call she met for three days. He was an awakening to like, wow, I'm a really privileged person. Like I'm a rich girl, but I've been dealt a, you know, this interesting hand where I have to like marry this rich guy who's probably gonna abuse me the rest of my life. Like so so meeting him was a an awakening for her about sort of like where she stood in society and things like that. And then also them falling in love or falling in like even saved each other's lives at different points. Like remember when he was like handcuffed under the boat and she rescued him. Mm-hmm. And so the whole time she was to like, die later. Yeah. She was like the whole time she was like poor little rich girl. And she ended up like, you know, saving him from that situation. So I just wished that the love in this situation saved one person or the other. But love for the sake of love is just like, well, that was kind of purposeless. I disagree. So you have the son who falls in love with someone who used to work with his dad. And this woman, this medical autopsy personnel, ends up giving him more context to why his father does the things he does. Or that saying, like, even though your father... I, I, but now, what did their love this, do? What did yeah. their love do? You I know, mean, like our love vampires. makes people happy. Our love makes people laugh. Yes. Our love makes people read more books about black sci-fi and fantasy. So what did their... So this is a message to all of y'all out there. If you're just loving the person that you're with and your love ain't moving mountains, get it together. Wait, what do you mean by moving? What mountains are there to move? Some people just want to love and sit on the porch. Nah, and not do nah, shit. nah. You selfish motherfuckers. No, you're, why does you're, your love have to be for your love like needs to be goal? feeding the poor? Your love needs to be making money are, are, for uh, orphanages. Put your is that I, what we're doing? Put your love to work. Are we? Are we? 
Our love is working right now. What do you think? I want I want to be in bed right now, but I'm talking about black sci-fi with your ass. Black it is vampires and, and black vampires because that shit is fucking important. You, you did say, speaking of put your love to work. The, all right, the coolest thing about this is that you run have, a church, make a church, make a church, start a, start a church. Use your love to, to, to save souls. To save souls. Okay. Damn it. Or you can use your love like Abigail and John Adams and create a vampire army. Which, by the way, it is their love is legendary because John Adams and Abigail Adams had all these like very heartfelt letters back and forth. And Abigail Adams was one of like the first well-known people call her is like the first U.S. feminist, right? Like she she had a lot to say. And there's a like a 600 page book about John Adams just called John Adams. I read it in high school. See, that's what I'm talking about. Think about like the Taj Mahal, right? Okay, I'm thinking about the Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal was created because this man wanted to commemorate how beautiful his wife was. So he made this wonder of the world. He put his love to work. It also seemed a little bit about him as well. Of course, and opulence and showing off and all of that. But that love now can be seen by people all over the world. All right. All right, I'll give you, you, you were pissed. Build well, some shit you, with your love. When people are like, I'm building an empire, I'm building a, a foundation. I'm building a legacy I'm of a love. A legacy, Nick Cannon. Not Nick Cannon. See, see, you see how that love is doing harm? <laughs> well, is, <laughs> Leaving is, is multiple it, is it children. love or is it just ego? Yeah, yeah. But y'all see what I'm saying. Look at the Obamas. I actually have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> I just feel like love, like, because... <laughs> I guess I'm a capitalist. Make your love productive, people. I'm just kidding. Or go build a wood cabin in, in the forest and just sit around with who you love and grow but, your own vegetables. Yes, but it's and- also a little bit inevitable. Like if you are being loved and it is healthy and beautiful and it's freeing and liberating like you automatically in some ways become a role model i'm not just talking about you and i i'm talking about like my parents in our family are a couple that people look up to like different cousins sure. and different like uh, oh we need to aspire to be like uncle rod and Aunt Marshall, i see what or, you're saying my parents so you love you, and use your love to spread a community yes. it, whether it, it's familial community or church community or, or even just a neighborhood business. community whatever yeah. like be in community and let your love give into that community i think it just lends itself I, to doing I that see what anyway you're Maybe in this, so this is only volume one. And at the end of this book, spoiler alert, they fight John Adams and kill John Adams. But Abigail is still alive and doing quite well. And now oh, she, honey, she is the madame. Yeah, she's got a corset. <laughs> she's looking like real cool. Not so, the first lady got on some like BDSM gear. I was like, go the fuck off, yeah. Lady Marmalade. So, she, so she's going to be, I think, the, the primary antagonist in the future volumes. I think there are three volumes out already. Okay. Uh, and so I do plan on reading these. It's super short. It's a good read. You can read them very quickly. Uh, actually, someone recently uh, DM'd uh, us and said, you know, what recommendations? I have a 15-year-old you know, brother. I would love to read some stuff. And this is actually one of the books I recommended. Uh, it's a little violent. Let me ask you this. If they did not fall in love in this book, what would have been the outcome of the ending? The same, but I think okay. you're setting it up. You're setting it up. Okay. They're together. It did feel weird that, okay, fine. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Maybe that's a, that's a, your sigh, is that the love connection felt a little weird. 
It and, just and felt purposeless. Of, yeah, out of place. And they, in most, and in most, like even like fucking Cinderella, it's like, oh, now that they're in love, she doesn't have to live in fucking rags anymore. She can go live yeah. in a rich palace. Like, but when when two characters fall in love and nothing changes for the actual plot, I'm kind of like, so what was all that for? You you well sometimes go on. You don't need character connection to be plot driven. Maybe characters just have a connection because their characters want a connection and they don't doesn't what, need to be what story, grounded in the plot. Show, sh- give me an example of one story. It can be a book, it can be a movie where the character's relationship that was mostly central to the plot like did it drive the plot. I would say bodies 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 there are many many scenes in which there you learn that so, is a lie. No 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 no, but not every either very many 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 scenes where you learn <laughs> Where you learn something about a character that doesn't necessarily have to do, but that's because with you've now the, seen the, the end, plot. and it was a yeah. mystery that you're trying to solve. Right, sure. So maybe the purpose of that was to throw you off, P- possibly. But it did have a purpose. But it it did provide more to the story. Maybe there there which, which dynamic we'll we'll talk maybe yeah. offline because I don't want to spoil it because it's so good. Y'all should please yeah, please go see should. bodies bodies bodies. But I'm really sitting here trying to think about what character relationship and dynamic was there that didn't contribute so, to the plot. So there's a point where a character gives some zucchini bread and you find out, oh, this person likes to bake. And you're like, all it does, it makes you feel more connected to the character who likes to bake. It's B. B likes to bake. She bakes yes, a zucchini bread. but that gives you an assumption about somebody. Right, but it doesn't drive the plot. Like, you yes, it does. It tells you, like, culturally, this person might not understand, like, where we are and what's going on yeah, but and, that didn't and have what to she assumed this event was. Yes, it does. If you are invited to a party to turn up and, like, get fucked up and you come in there and are like, oh, here's a little uh, zucchini bread. Here's a little welcoming present. Like, thank you for welcoming into your home. You're like, huh, this person probably doesn't know what they're getting themselves into. Like, that was a character choice. Right, a character choice that didn't have to do with the murderers and the killing that happens in the film. Like the yes, zucchini it does bread. because it was juxtaposed to behaviors we saw later. Perhaps everything I mean, sure. matters in movies and books. Like well, in books, especially, like choices are made. If a character has a cold, it didn't and push they don't the plot. die or get further sick. It, it's kind of like, well, why do they have a cold? It didn't push the plot forward. I'm saying really great stories. Show little not your hands up, not your hands in my little face. Ca- not your <laughs> hands in my face. I'm just kidding. Saying, if you're like, watching little, YouTube, you're like little you character ni- like um, idiosyncrasies. Ni- what? what niche niches? Nish. Oh, like I, thought, I thought you were calling me a, a, a name on our show. No, Amber, <laughs> you're fucking drunk. I'm a troll. I am not drunk. I'm, <laughs> you, a, tr- I'm a troll. You got a little bit way too offended. <laughs> Because I don't, that is a miss, that is an assassination of my character. <laughs> I'm not drunk. You, I you, love you though. You did, you did drink a little bit more than me. We each had one drink tonight. Your drink was a little bit more alcoholic. But does that mean that I'm drunk, Ben? No, uh, no you're obviously not drunk. Give me a drunk test, go. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Say the alphabet backwards. Okay, we got my boy Z. Okay, Why? that's enough. God, please stop. <laughs> All right, so this is a continuing series. Philadelphia, get it. Uh, Amber, what are we doing next? 
Oh, gosh, man. Y'all, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. Up next, we're going to be watching the film 10 Cent Daisy, which will be available October 28th, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.